Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week is episode 321, and we're talking about how to keep your stuff safe. That's right. This is this year's security podcast on Indie Travel Podcast, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of strategies that we've found that have meant that we've stayed safe while on the road. I believe in over 10 years of full-time travel now, we've only been robbed twice, twice and uh, ripped off once. in a major way once. Yeah. So we have a pretty good track record, and we'd like to share with you some of the strategies and tips that you can use to not be paranoid, but yet be safe. Yeah, you definitely want to have a good time while you're traveling, and you don't want to be thinking about people robbing you all the time. But you do want to be aware and alert and not advertise that you have things that could be stolen. Over the last few weeks, we've finished up our time in Colombia and headed back to Panama, Panama City and then up into the mountains. So since we last spoke to you, we were in Colombia for a few more days. We were at our Magicville, our co-working space in Bogota. We did a few bits and pieces. We didn't really do heaps the last week we were there. We were mostly just uh, working. But we did have one lovely last dinner with our friends, Julian and Jimena and Sebastian and Lore. That was really nice. Absolutely. And from there, it was up to Panama City in order to uh, celebrate our anniversary and also settle in here for uh, the next few months. That's right. It's our 14th wedding anniversary. And we actually celebrated it while we were still in Colombia. So we went out bowling and that was really nice. Went to a really delicious Japanese restaurant. And then when we got to Panama, we decided to splash out in a flash hotel. So that was really cool. We explored the old town of Panama City. We went to the canal, which was really interesting, and just relaxed, really. Did some shopping. Nothing exciting. Yeah, but it was a nice uh, nice splurge, though, wasn't it? It sure was. It's excellent. And then we jumped on a bus for pretty much a whole day and ended up back here in the mountains of Santa Fe, where we're going to be house-sitting and looking after three crazy dogs and one sarcastic cat for the next five months or so. I'd say there's one crazy dog, one anxious dog, and one lovely dog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the, the clarification there. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call Chacha crazy. She's lovely. Today's episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is sponsored by Universal Yums. Universal Yums sends you a box of snacks and candies from a different country each month. This month they're featuring Greece, and we had a chance to get a sneak peek. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So they send you out a box that is full of delicious things, and there's also a little brochure in there. We had a chance to look at the brochure. We can see that there are 13 different items in the Greece box, and it all looks delicious. Personally, I like the sound of the ouzo candies. Yum. For me, the thing that looked really cool was the olive and sun-dried tomato-flavored breadsticks. Mm. I was just imagining them alongside a bit of cheese. Yum. Yeah, we have some breadsticks in the moment, but they don't look anywhere near as delicious as these ones. <laughs> I also loved reading through the booklet, which is packed with trivia. It has product descriptions and all sorts of other information about Greece. We'll talk more about Universal Yums at the end. But if you just can't wait, you can get a box for yourself at universalyums.com slash travel. And if you put in the coupon code TRAVEL at the checkout, you'll get an extra 15% off your first box. So let's move on to talk about security. One of the reasons why we chose this topic is because, as you know, we were just in Colombia. And when we told people that we were going to be going there, a lot of people were really concerned. They said, oh, but Colombia is really dangerous, you know, kidnapping, robbery, it's, it's not great. And we have heard quite a lot of stories of our friends actually being targeted and being robbed, which isn't very nice. So we amped up our security practices and just were extra vigilant. It just made us aware of our security practices. 
We were lucky enough not to have any problems at all, but we want to share these with you so that you can have a similar experience. First up, thinking about security before you go, there are some things that you can buy that will make life easier. And we're not talking about going and spending hundreds of dollars on all sorts of crazy security stuff. Just talking about some common sense things you can look for when buying normal things. First of all, get a padlock or two. We recommend you choose a combination lock padlock rather than a padlock that has a key, because if you lose the key, it's the end of the world. Also, those padlocks can quite often be broken into with a hairpin or something like that. Or sometimes the keys uh, work in different padlocks, and it's just not the best idea. So a combination padlock is the best choice. Make sure to get one that's TSA approved if you're going to be checking in luggage, because if you're going through the States, the TSA like to be able to get into your bags. So this just means that at the bottom of the padlock, there's a, a special hole. They can use their skeleton key to get into it. And, well, you do have people looking through your bag, but they should be pretty careful. <laughs> One would hope so, but, uh, well, let's not go there. Uh, an obvious addendum to that is to get a bag that can be locked. A lot of bags will have zips with a section that can uh, pass a padlock through. So look out for that. One thing that I've been really careful about in the past, but not so much anymore now with flying carry-on, is to make sure that I can uh, close up all of the sections of my bag. And I do this so that on the other side of security, any contraband or any drugs can't be smuggled or placed into my bag. And so that's one reason why if I am going to be checking bags, and we try not to at all these days, but if I am, I will consider getting, uh, getting them plastic wrapped. But I will at the very least make sure that I can lock and close every single compartment, even the small outside compartments. Yeah, I've heard about people just using little plastic tags, like plastic ties to tie things together. So that increases the security a little bit as well if you're going to be checking in a bag. Yeah, that's really nice because in order to, uh, to open the lock there, they have to be broken. Mm-hmm. So you can see that, that they've been broken or been replaced very, very easily. Yeah, and it costs a lot less than plastic wrapping your bag. Also, you just think about the waste that that generates. Oh. <laughs> Another couple of small tips here. Remember that even if you do padlock a bag, if it's got a zip, it can be opened uh, just with a, a ballpoint pen. If you like stab a zip with a pen, it's going to just open right up. And then in order to reseal it, you just need to zip it closed and zip it open again. So I have to say that even though we highly recommend padlocking bags, it's not an absolutely foolproof plan. It's ridiculously easy to to get into it otherwise, but it does give you a, a level of security. It's like having an alarm for the house. It doesn't stop your house from being robbed, but it makes it that much more difficult to do so. The fact is, if someone wants to get into your bag, they can get a knife and cut into your bag. You just want to decrease your chance of that happening. Another thing with padlocks is think about other uses you can have for them. A lot of hostels, for example, or places that you might go swimming or go to the beach, will have lockers that you can padlock. So if you have a pretty standard size padlock, that's better than one of the little tiny padlocks because then you can reuse it to lock a locker somewhere along the way. Another thing to think about before you go, we highly recommend you travel carry-on size. I mean, we've said it before and we'll say it again. The less stuff you have, the less you have to worry about your stuff. Also, if you only have a small bag, you can keep it with you at all times. 
you know, we've got these small bags. No one's going to be able to nick our stuff from airport security because it's with us all the time. No one's going to be able to distract us by grabbing a small bag and we can't go because we've got a big bag. We've only got one bag and we always keep it with us. Also, keep that bag within reach as much as possible. Of course, you're going to have to leave it in a hostel or a hotel. If you do that, leave it as locked up as possible. Maybe in a cupboard, maybe just locked up on the, on the shelf. Use a hostel locker if there's one available. But yeah, just use as much as you can. Yeah, these are all good ideas for when you're away. Keep your stuff compact and keep it secured. Uh, an addendum to that, I guess, is to use hotel or hostel safes when available. Yeah, if there's a safe available in your hotel room, it's a good idea to use it. Sometimes the hostel will have a safe behind the front desk. If you have something particularly valuable, it's a good idea to leave it there. I remember one time we were in Turkey and, you know, there was a sign up saying that the hostel couldn't be held responsible for valuables unless you left it with reception. So we left about five grand worth of electronics and our passports with reception. And when we came back to, uh, to pick it up, we realized their ultra secure plan. They had taken our stuff and they had stashed it in the staff dorm room. Like one laptop was under a bed, another laptop was in the blankets, the passports were at the top of the cupboard. And I just looked at that and went, you know what? I think it would have been safer in my room. I think so too. But you know, it was a good story. (laughs) One other thing I was going to say is that when you leave the hotel, hostel, or if you're staying with friends or family, pack up your stuff as much as possible and keep it in your bag. This not only makes things a lot tidier, and if you're staying with people, I'm sure they'd appreciate that, it also means that people are that much less likely just to swipe something that's lying around loose. So it's not too complex to keep things secure uh, within your hotel or within your hostel, even if you're in a dorm. One trick that I like is at night, for example, I might clip my backpack around the, uh, around the bottom of the bunk that we're on if I'm unsure about the other people in the dorm room. That just makes it really difficult for someone to pick up and walk out with the bag. Uh, Not that things like that happen very often. Uh, So the problem with talking about security is you don't want to put the fear of travel into people because really travel is, is ridiculously safe. But there's just a whole lot of small steps that you'll go through every day as part of how you tidy and lock up your house or your apartment that need to be, those skills just need to be transferred into something that's travel-wise. I think that's a good point. Create a little habit of what you do before you go out from your hostel, your hotel, or wherever you're staying. That's just a security practice. Instead of locking your front door, lock up your bag. I think that's a good point. Today's episode is brought to you by Select Italy. Select Italy designs custom itineraries and books a whole range of products and services, including fascinating food and wine tours, romantic wedding or honeymoon trips, along with ticketing services for museums and musical events in Italy. Visit selectitaly.com to learn more. So whether you're in Italy or in some other country altogether, when you leave your hotel, your hostel, when you're wandering around town, there are some really important security practices to consider. You could consider having a money belt, uh, We carried a money belt for years and years. In fact, it was given to us as a present, I think about 13 years ago. It still languishes in our bag. We used it for about four or five years, and then I realized that it was quite uncomfortable, and in hot countries it got quite sweaty around my waist, and yeah, not my favorite thing. But I really did like the feeling of security it gave me. I quite liked having the money belt when we were in countries where we had to carry our passports around with us. Although common wisdom is not to take your passport with you, but rather take photocopy. Anyway, so we had our passports, spare cash, and credit cards in the money belt. 
if you do use a money belt, make sure that no one ever, ever sees it. The best thing about a money belt and the whole value of it is that no one knows you're wearing it. So make sure to have a, a wallet in your pocket, maybe just a coin purse with a small amount of money, and don't ever go into your money belt in public. Yeah, the idea is to have the available cash you want for the day available in your wallet. And, you know, a money belt is there for the stuff that shouldn't be seen but needs to stay on you. So, yeah, there's this weird balance. I, I hate seeing uh, seeing people around the place wearing a money belt on the outside, <laughs> um, especially in like, oh, there's a, a lot of pickpockets here, so I'm going to wear this money belt, and they wear it outside of their shirt. What is visible? It's, it's like, well, the first thing any pickpocket's going to do is wander along behind you with a small knife and take that right off you. It's much better off keeping stuff in your pocket in that case. It's just, it, it blows my mind. My mind is blown. Yeah. I, I can't describe how frustrated it makes me. I understand, Craig. It's okay. This, this whole system designed to keep things safe, and people put it in the most unsafe place possible. I agree. Ah. So yes, if you have a money belt, make sure no one can ever see it. If you need to access it, go to a bank or go to a bathroom and take out your money in privacy. That's really important. We also recommend money belts, waist belts, rather than neck pouches. When I went to Kenya about, what was it, like 16, 17 years ago, I took a, a neck pouch because I was going to be wearing dresses quite a lot. And this was a mistake, partly because it was really, really uncomfortable. I mean, those things can get heavy. And also, the uh, strap was very, very visible. Okay, it was right there on my person, and it would have been difficult for someone to get it from under my dress. But everyone knew that I was carrying one, and that kind of defeated the purpose of, of having it. So discretion is the better part of security when it comes to carrying your valuables around with you. And that's something to think of for your everyday stuff as well. Uh, whether you want to be wearing rings or other jewellery in some parts of town, whether you, well, how you want to be carrying your phone around. So quite commonly, guys are able to, to stick their phone in their trouser pockets. For girls, it can be a bit tougher, eh? Because well, of, you know the lack of decent trouser pockets. Oh my goodness, don't get me started on women's fashion. Haha, <laughs> I can get Linda wound up as well. I find it so frustrating. I just finally managed to buy some new trousers. And as always, they fit wonderfully around my legs and are really loose around my waist. But another problem is that the pockets are just a bit too shallow. So whenever I'm walking around, I kind of have to keep my hand on my, on my phone because... Well, these ones are okay. The phone fits, but it's really obvious. You can see that, I'm wor that I've got a phone in my pocket. And really, when you're traveling around, you want to keep a low profile. You don't want to have a big bulge in your pocket that makes it really obvious that you've got a phone in it. So whatever you can do, when you're buying clothes, look for clothes that allow you to put things in the pocket without it being too obvious. Another thing to do is get a really thin wallet. Craig and I both have very thin wallets that are basically just the size of a credit card. And then I can fit four or five credit cards and some money and some coins in mine. But Craig's got this tiny little thing that doesn't even allow coins in it. But it's got a very low profile, so no one's going to be able to see that he's got a wallet in his pocket, which means they're that much less likely to steal it. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. And the idea here, once again, is you just want to keep things out of sight and out of mind. I mean, one of the common things in Southeast Asia while we were traveling around there a few years ago was people coming up on scooters and grabbing, uh, grabbing purses, and especially grabbing, like, satchels and messenger bags. 
and we heard some horror stories about people being dragged along after scooters for mm-hmm. several hundred meters down the street. Yeah, we saw some maybe, scars too. Maybe not that long. But yeah, if, uh, if something like that happens, then please do let go. Look after yourself. While we were in Bogota, we were standing waiting on some lights to cross and we saw a, a very similar trick being pulled. Yeah, there was a man standing on the corner using his phone. I think he was just sending a text message. And uh, a motorbike came along. There was a guy driving the bike and on the back was another person. He just grabbed the phone out of the guy's hand and then took off. Unfortunately, he didn't have very well, unfortunately for him, fortunately for the guy who lost his phone, he didn't have a very good grip on it and he dropped it. So the guy managed to pick it up and just looked stunned. I mean, he was amazed that someone had tried to steal his phone, but he was also amazed that they didn't get away with it. Yeah, phone snatching in well, all of Colombia was quite a thing. I sat over lunch one day and watched a five-minute clip playing on the news of just people having their phone snatched out of their hands as they walked down the street talking on it. Uh, stood on the side of the road texting, all that kind of just everyday usage, and their phones went went bye-bye very quickly. Yeah, so we recommend you keep your phone in your pocket as much as possible, preferably in a zip pocket. We were in Medellin and we were wandering around taking photos because, you know, we wanted to have some photos of our time in Medellin. And uh, someone came up to us and said, are you, are you local people? And we said no. And they said, well, put your phone away because people get killed for phones like that. My phone is three years old. It's barely even functional. But, you know, people will steal anything. Yeah, and this isn't something specific to Colombia. This is something to be aware of worldwide. Phones are really high-value items, and they have a high resale value. You know, they're almost as good as cash in the bank. So, yeah, be just be aware of that and think about where you are and, and be aware of your situation instead of being glued to your phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there, there are places and times where it's just not appropriate to uh, pull your phone out. Now, we tend to just continue to live our lives. We, we have our phones and we use them. If it gets stolen, it's really t- terrible, but we're not going to change our lives because of it. However, if you're a bit concerned or you think that your phone is really quite valuable, or if you're just going away for a couple of weeks, it might be worth considering buying a cheaper phone for your trip. A friend of ours did that, uh, Momo, and he just picked up a a cheap phone before he left Germany, and when he was traveling around Colombia, he had this cheaper one. That meant that if it was stolen, or if he dropped it, or if it broke for some reason, he wasn't going to be too concerned. Yeah, and that's a a really good idea. If you've got a, I don't know, a $1,000 phone or a a $2,000 phone that's going to be difficult for you to to replace if you need to, then a $50 throwaway is a good investment. You might also consider having a fake wallet. I've heard about people putting a a wallet that's just got a couple of old or expired IDs and maybe a couple of dollars in an obvious place in their bag or in in their front pocket and then having their real wallet secreted away in another place. We don't do that because we just, as I say, we just try to live our lives normally. But if you're concerned, that's a good little trick. Yeah, I'm not sure about the the actual safety value of the decoy wallet. But hey, if if it gives you a, a feeling of, of security, knowing that you've got that, that's cool. Well, remember in Bolivia when um, we were walking through the market and Janine had was surrounded by people Mm. and they tried to get into her bag and they managed to get into her bag but in the front pocket there was nothing but a pen so they didn't get away with very much i wonder if they'd they'd have left her alone faster if there'd been a fake wallet in there and they would have thought oh we've got something and they can they can take off yeah i don't know i i highly doubt it Mm. i think in a, a situation like that so this was the well it's not really a scam but this was the gambit 
where you're walking through a market and suddenly there's a crowd of people around you so that you can't move. You're absolutely hemmed in and crushed by a massive group of people coming through the intersection. And those with the fastest hands will be closest to the individual that's been isolated. Mm -hmm. And they'll go through pockets, bags, whatever they can grab and then disperse again. In, in that play, there's, there's still only like 30 seconds yeah. to, to do it at most. And so they're not going to go away any faster. That's true. Because yeah. of that. We were literally a meter or two meters away from Janine. We didn't even notice it happening because it was such a crowd of people. Luckily, she was wearing a shoulder bag. She had the bag at her front and she was holding her hand on the bag over the zip. So they couldn't get into the main part of the bag. They did manage to get into the front part. But I mean, she was just she was doing exactly the right thing to avoid theft. So that was great. Another strategy that we use to, to stay safe is to keep our valuables and especially cash after we've done a withdrawal from an ATM, to keep that cash separated out in different places and different spaces. Yeah, that's one good thing about traveling with someone. Each of you can carry half the cash. As I said before, I usually just try to keep my, my money in my wallet, my phone in my pocket, and just live my life normally. But when I'm traveling alone, I sometimes stash a bit of money somewhere else, maybe down my bra or in my shoe or something like that. Just in case if my wallet is stolen, I've always got a bit of cash to get me back to the hotel. However, when I'm traveling with Craig, I don't bother because I know that he's got a wallet and the chance of both of us being targeted is quite slim. So one thing you can do is hide a small amount of money in your backpack. Now, this should be such a small amount of money, it doesn't matter if it does go missing because you'll be away from your backpack for long periods of time, I'm sure. But if you have the misfortune of being mugged, you can get back to your hotel, back to your hostel, and find that you still have that $20 or $50 of emergency money. It's at least going to get you food or transport to the embassy or wherever you need to go. So it's good to have that little bit extra. If you're going to do that, another thing to consider is having a credit card or a debit card also in the same place, hidden away, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but if needed, you've got it there for emergencies. I'd also recommend you check that stash every now and then because we heard about some people who did exactly this. They had a stash of traveler's checks back in the days when traveler's checks were actually being used. They got home, they thought, yes, I've done my trip, I've been away for a year and I haven't been robbed at all. They went into their backpack, they went to their secret stash, the traveller's checks were gone. And they'd been cashed something like eight months previously. Yeah, that was quite something. So yeah, do, do keep an eye on it from time to time. And if you are leaving a credit or debit card, you want to keep close tabs on, uh, on that card's account to make sure that it hasn't gone missing. With the way that we travel, I think most people travel nowadays, we rely on ATMs, and because of bank fees, we need to pull out the most amount of cash possible. So one of our strategies, as we said, is dividing it up between us, keeping an extra stash somewhere. If you're pulling out a, a grand amount, really as you walk around day to day, you want to be carrying kind of a one to four days worth of cash with you. You don't want to be carrying a month's worth of cash wadded up in your pocket. Taking advantage of hotel safes or uh, putting it in a sealed envelope and giving it over to be looked after at reception with a receipt, of course. All of these things are, are very important. And of course, if you are lucky enough not to be charged lots of bank fees, taking out smaller amounts is also a good idea. Absolutely. Although, as we said before, it's always worth having a little bit of uh, a buffer, a bit of a stash in your bag, because if something happens and the ATMs don't work, then you might be stranded, which is what happened to us in Taganga. We were in this small town in Colombia, and there was only one ATM, and the power went out. 
for a day. <laughs> so we had no chance to go to the ATM and and get money out for, for a full day. Luckily, we had our stash of money, our buffer, that we could dig into. So it wasn't a problem. But it could have been a problem if the power cut lasted longer. A similar thing happened the last time that we were in South America when we are in Chile and a massive earthquake struck. International lines were broken, power was out for two or three days, and even when it came back on, we still weren't able to withdraw cash because the telecoms weren't working between our bank and in the country. So it was a, a major cash flow problem. And we got through it with a bit of help from a local friend, some couch surfers. We just kind of strung it together and uh, we were traveling with friends. We pulled all of our available cash and just eked it out and eked it out, hoping that, you know, the next day or the next day the ATM was going to work. But we really ate up all of our buffer, which oh, doesn't yeah. usually happen. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about when you're out and about, if you've got a day bag. Now, we do have a day bag. In fact, we have several day bags. We have a little backpack that's quite useful, and I've got a, uh, a shoulder bag that I use from Athens, and I really need a new bag, actually. I just got a new bag. It was it was really neat. When we were in Bogota, we were staying in the, the leather, not leather curing or leather tanning, but kind of leather work district. Every day I walked past these beautiful leather jackets for like 35 to 50 bucks and these beautiful satchels for like 50 bucks. I was like, ah. So I managed to buy myself a leather messenger bag that for somehow, if I don't put my jacket in my carry-on bag, it's still, you know, I've got two bags now, but I'm still following the one bag rule while traveling. I don't know how you manage it because it's quite a large bag. It's yeah. beautiful. But yes, I think we're just actually uh, running out of clothes because <laughs> that's the trick just yeah. throw away clothes and put in electronics yeah we keep losing things i lost some jandals i lost well, my pair of trousers shrunk in the wash they got left behind although we did go shopping the other day and bought a whole bunch of new stuff so that was very exciting anyway back to the point of your day bag oh wait there was a point yes there was the most important thing to remember is never let it out of your sight keep it on you make sure you're touching it if you go to the bathroom take it with you do not leave it behind I remember when we were in Peru, we uh, entered a restaurant with our two friends, Ange and Janine, and put a bag down on the, on the seat. The restaurant was empty. She thought it was fine. And then when we got up to leave about 45 minutes later, the bag was no longer there. And what had happened was a guy had followed us into the restaurant and gone and sat at another table. The owner of the restaurant had noticed him but thought he was our guide or something. When he got up to leave, he just casually picked up her bag and walked away with it. And none of us noticed a thing. So it's really important if you're sitting at a table, don't put your bag on a spare chair. Uh, put it between your legs or on your lap just for extra, extra security. If you've got a backpack, this is another good time to use your padlock. Lock it up. Lock up that main section specifically because I have seen pickpockets ease open zips and get into things while people are, are walking or standing or you know on trains and things like that. If you've got a shoulder bag, make sure to wear it at the front. This was my, my problem. I had a shoulder bag. It was one of those ones that went across your shoulder and kind of hung down around your hips. And I found it really uncomfortable at the front, so I always wore it at the back, which makes a lot of sense because it's comfortable, it's not too visible, except for that if someone is walking behind you, it's very visible. So if you're going into a slightly dodgy area or you, there are going to be a lot of people around you, switch it around and wear it on your front. My problem was we're in Lima and we're walking through a market I put it on my front and it just kind of switched back to the back and I wasn't holding on to it 
And I stupidly left my iPod in the front pocket. It was ridiculous. And I had this little strawberry icon thing hanging from the zip. So it made it really easy for someone to grab that strawberry, pull it across, and just get my iPod. I was so angry with myself because I could have been more secure, and I wasn't. So yeah, don't keep anything valuable in those little external pockets. And certainly don't make it easier for people to, uh, to open them up. Yeah, wear it on your front. And like I mentioned earlier that Janine did, hold on to the strap with your hand over the zip if you're in an area where you're feeling a bit more insecure. And I think that brings up a good point as well of situational awareness. There are times when you'll feel safer and times that you'll feel more stressed. And one of the things that we'd often do if arriving in a new city, maybe we're talking to information desk or tourist information at the airport or in the center of town, We're looking at a map together, and a question that I'll often ask is, are there any areas here that we shouldn't go? Or are there any areas that have a higher rate of crime during the evening? And so most people, because they're trained by the tourist board not to say anything negative, will go, um, you just give them a gentle nudge. And, you know, you can circle a few areas on the map that might not be the best to to wander around after a few drinks around Mm -hmm. midnight. Yeah, and that's a good question as well, asking about where is not the best to be after dark. Because some places are perfectly fine during the day, but in the evening at night, possibly not your best choice. So we definitely don't want to make you afraid of travel or scared of travel. In fact, in most of the places we go, they're just as safe, if not safer, than back home. And New Zealand's a pretty safe country. New Zealand's a ridiculously safe country, and we've both been robbed several times back home. In fact, we've had less thievery happen to us while traveling than we had when we were back home in New Zealand. Yeah, I guess it helps that we don't have a car that's parked outside all the time. Uh, Yeah, mostly it was our car being stolen. (laughs) So, yeah, be careful out there. Be aware of, of your safety, security. Stay safe, but go and have a great time. Well, there's a lot more security tips to talk about, but uh, I guess it's it's time to wrap up. Thanks again to our sponsor, Universal Yums, who send out boxes of delicious treats from countries around the world. I'm really excited about this kind of thing. A few months ago, I was looking for gifts to my nephews who live in Australia, and I wanted to send them one of these monthly boxes. And it was there were lots of cool things out there, but I hadn't found one that delivered delicious sweets to so many different places. So many of these boxes are limited to just the United States. One thing that's good about Universal Yums is that they deliver to the US, Canada, Israel, and the UK, and we're hoping to get them to go to Australia pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's also a good way to give a gift to yourself. To get in the mood for travel or to to assuage your your wanderlust while you're waiting. You can sign up today for as little as $13 a month and get your hands on that delicious-looking Greek box. Go to universalyums.com slash travel and use the coupon code TRAVEL at checkout for 15% off your first box. That's universalyums.com slash travel. So as you know, we're still in Panama. We're going to be working pretty hard, take the dogs out for a walk. We thought we might go for a walk up to the cabin, which is a little little house. We haven't been there before that belongs to the homeowners. It has no electricity, no, I think it has water, but it's pretty basic. And uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Yeah, that'll be cool. It's very much back to nature and all of the little biting bugs are a little bit too close to nature for me, but it's really cool. I was out walking the other evening and I saw uh, little little frogs running around. You saw the, the poison dart frog that the other cool. day? Oh, it was hilarious last night. We were in bed and Craig suddenly said, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And there was a firefly in our room. 
and he couldn't get back to sleep for about half an hour. It's very cute. <laughs> it was so cool just watching this thing fly around. It was awesome. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.